All right, we're going to do something different this morning. We don't have a full band. We're just going to sing a choir. We're going to sing some of our favorite hymns. So please sing with us. It's going to be so fun. Mr. Nathan is going to play piano, and we're going to get started. Here we go.
Lord Jesus, we celebrate the victory that can only be found in your name, only be bought by your blood. Thank you, God, for being so good, for loving us so much that you would send your son to take our place upon the cross that we deserve, that our sin calls for. Thank you for the grace, the infinite, marvelous grace you give to us daily, grace upon grace, that your mercy is renewed daily. God, we praise you. Help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to... Um, hear you as you're speaking through your word, O oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. 
Good morning. Good to be home. We miss you guys. Uh, we went to North Carolina to see our son and daughter-in-law and the grandkids and got COVID while we were there. We had the North Carolina strand. It's not as bad as the Texas strand, I hear, but we got it. But we were able to get home. We had a good visit and got to see the grandgirls play softball. Sat all day out there in the sun watching the girls play softball. We commented two or three times, sure good to be a grandparent again, you know, get to do that. And so uh, it was a good, good time. So Galatians chapter 3, I appreciate uh, Nathan filling in last week and getting us to the righteous will live by faith. The word justified, that's a real important word. Man, if you'll think about the word justified in the scriptural definition for it, justified means that we are so right with God, it's as if we've never been wrong with God. That's an amazing, amazing thing. Through faith in Jesus, we are so right with God in his eyes, not our experience here, of course, because we struggle with sin. We struggle with belief, as we'll find out today. We struggle with the awareness of our salvation sometimes. I mean, salvation is so wonderful. It's so beautiful. It, 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 is, it is so, you know, incomprehensible. We can't define it. I mean, I, I just don't think we can really accurately define what it means to be a Christian to be saved, uh, to be completely, totally forgiven. That, that's an amazing concept. We don't find that in human relationships. We don't find that in the world today. Uh, you know, it's very, from human effort, it's impossible, by the way. But the idea that in God's eyes, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, and because we have believed in what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we are absolutely right with God, justified, as if we've never been wrong. And so since that is true, and, and since that's what the Bible teaches us over and over and over, Jesus taught that. Moses taught that. Unbelievable. Abraham taught that. Abraham lived that example out. And it shows us there that, man, we are absolutely right with God. It's amazing to me that we can experience that wonderful salvation. We hear the good news. We believe in the good news by faith. We are born again. We receive the Holy Spirit, but yet we struggle with the idea of it's all what God has done and nothing that we have done. In Christianity, in religion of all kinds, and basically, there's only two kind of religion in the world. Now, there's lots of religion in the world, but there's really only two religions. There's a religion that is of grace. It is of faith. It is of belief. And it is of God's total action. And then there's the religion of human effort, works. You got to do more. You got to do better. You've got to keep on doing it 
You can't let go. You can't give up. You've got to stay with it. You've got to do these five things. You've got to do these six things. You've, you've got to be sure that you're more moral than you used to be. And, and that is works. That is human effort. And in Christianity, when we get to the place, or probably for a Christian, we would say, when, when you fall to the place that you begin to dwell on what people do or don't do. You begin to dwell on what you do or don't do is you begin to fall into the trap that the Galatians fell into that we're going to talk about here today. So this is really important if this is true. This is really important. If this is true, if the Bible is true, this is really important. And so I hope you'll approach it in that way. Galatians 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. After teaching justified by faith, Paul says, oh, foolish Galatians. I think his mindset must be, how in the world did you get here? How in the world can you believe what you now believe? How come with the understanding and awareness and your experience that we are justified by faith, can you get back to human effort, to what you have done or hadn't done? Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Now, obviously, these Galatians most likely did not see Jesus on the cross. There might have been a few that were there for the Passover that year, perhaps, but that's not the intent of verse 1 there. The idea is, Paul said, I have preached to you, I have taught you, I have guided you to understand that salvation is through faith alone, that salvation is through belief, and it's a result of God's grace. You did not earn it, you did not deserve it. Human effort has nothing to do with salvation. That's but, and now you've been bewitched. Who has bewitched you? Interesting, that word bewitched there means charmed. Charmed. You ever been charmed? You ever been snuckered, snickered, snuckered, I guess, or one of those words? You, you ever been duped? You ever been tricked? You ever been taught to believe something that's not true? You, you ever been, you know, duped? And he uses the word charmed here. Bewitched means charmed. Who has charmed you? And so the idea is there's been a smooth-talking someone. There's been smooth-talking someones that have come along and have either directly or indirectly led them astray, and they have gone from believing that salvation is through faith alone in Christ and it's a, it's a result of God's effort, not our effort. And now they're digging back into the works and they're digging back into human effort. And he says, man, the gospel through the death of Jesus on the cross was clearly laid out for you. And it's so wonderful and beautiful, but you've lost sight of it. You've been charmed to believe that your human effort is what really matters. And whenever human effort is what really matters in Christianity, 
we get off the rails. We'll get off the rails and we'll lose sight of the beauty of faith in Christ. Verse 2, he says, let me ask you only this. This is the ultimate question then. This is the important question. He's kind of setting it up like a legal type argument, isn't he? Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Well, that's so simple, hearing with faith. We have a hard time with that. We struggle with the belief. Isn't it interesting that we struggle less with believing in Jesus for our salvation, but after we experience that salvation, somehow or another, we kind of begin to think, well, there's got to be something I got to do to keep it. There's got to be something that I need to do to earn it. I, I've got to somehow or another, man, I, I, I got to prove myself. And it's not true. If you can't save yourself, then you can't stay in God's grace. It's all his work. People struggle with the idea of being completely secure in our salvation. But we really shouldn't have difficulty with that because just like we can't do anything to earn our salvation, same is true with our Christian life. And, and what begins to take place is when, when, the, when we begin to focus on human effort, the power, the joy, the understanding of grace, the beauty of forgiveness starts to fade. And the ability to walk in the Lord and walk in his power begins to fade away. And so he asked him the question, so did you receive the Holy Spirit through works or through hearing and faith? How about you? How did you receive the Holy Spirit? Did you work yourself into it? Did you clean up your act? Did you become more good than bad? Or when you heard the gospel and you believed it, is that when you received the Holy Spirit? And of course, the answer is, it wasn't through our human effort that we received the Holy Spirit. It was through hearing and believing that we received the Holy Spirit. And you know you receive the Holy Spirit when the life change begins to happen, when the understanding, the awareness of God's presence begins to take shape in your life, when, when what you were passionate about lessens and you become more passionate about the things of the Lord. I, I went to San Angelo yesterday to do a funeral for a friend's dad that, that grew up with and knew him, you know, through the years. And... Uh, you know, went through all the old stomping grounds, and it, it just dawned on me again where my, my mom and dad live. They still live there. And there's a Belmore Baptist Church that's on Bell Street that we drive by every single day. I, I rode my bike by it. I walked by it when I was a kid. I, I, rode, I, I, I rode the school bus by it. You know, I, I, I drove by it, still drive by it. And, and, I can remember, kid you not, I can remember driving by that and never thinking about what goes on in there, never considering it. I can remember when I was a young man, young kid in San Angelo, that I never thought about God. 
I never thought about Jesus. I hadn't had, had any idea about any of that. And then I heard the gospel. And then later I heard the gospel again. And when I heard the gospel again, I believed. And from that moment on, when I drive by that church, I always wonder, how's it going in there? How's it going in, in Belmore Baptist Church? Are they praising the Lord? Are they enjoying the Holy Spirit? Are they experiencing the goodness of the Lord? And, and from that moment on that I heard and believed, I mean, I think about this stuff all the time. And here it is, gosh, it's 40 some odd years later or more. I'm still thinking about it. I think about it all the time. I think about what God wants me to say and how he wants me to say it. I think about what the Holy Spirit's at work doing. I listen. I have a hunger to pray. I mean, I never did forgive before. I heard and believed. And now I want to forgive. I want to love. I want people to have mercy. I mean, I'm really concerned with people knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior, not before I heard and believed. Now, what's the difference there? Before, I didn't have the Holy Spirit right? I tried to do better in life. I tried not to be such a miserable person. I tried not to have so much anger before Christ, but I never received the Holy Spirit by trying to do better. And, and none of us can, can receive the Holy Spirit by trying to do better. And if you can't receive the Holy Spirit by trying to do better as a believer, as believed in him and have the Holy Spirit, then the deepest things of the Christian life is not through human effort. That's what Paul's saying to us there. Just like you believe for your salvation, believe today for your abundant life. Just like you believe God for salvation, believe him now for the power and the peace that passes all understanding. Believe. Believe him. Don't do better. Don't work harder. Don't, don't, don't go through the self, self-help section and trust that those self-help books are going to give you all you need to become who God wants you to be. It's by believing and then obeying. That's how it happens. And so don't fall back. Don't be bewitched. Don't be charmed and fall back into thinking that it's through works of the law because it's absolutely not. And then he says in verse 3, are you so foolish? You reckon he thinks the Galatians are being foolish? (laughs) Yeah, he's doing it again. Are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? That's a good thought, isn't it? Think about it for a moment. So, how much better is your life because of your flesh? Anyone? No, I know the answer to that. None of our lives are better because of the flesh. We haven't willed our lives to be better. We failed at every turn. We haven't willed our lives to be more loving, to be more generous, to be more kind. We haven't willed ourselves to be more forgiving. We haven't. It may, you may think about it, but the more you try, the worse it gets because we're attempting to do something that God has established is empty, and that's the works of the flesh. 
He said, man, you're so foolish. Having begun by the Spirit, born again by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And then in verse 4, did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? And then verse 5, look at this. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? No, it's by hearing with faith. The miracles happen when we believe. Nowhere in the Scripture do you find the Lord telling us through any prophet, preacher, apostle, anyone, do you see the Lord telling us, I will show up among you and I will do things that you can't even comprehend if you'll just do better. Nowhere does it say that. In fact, what Jesus said was, boys, if you just have the, the faith of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountains and they'll move. Allegorical, of course, but you can see things that you can't define. You can see the unexplainable if you believe. He doesn't ever say, if you'll just clean up your act, you'll see the miracles. Doesn't say that at all. He says, if you believe, you'll see the miracles. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Oh, foolish Gentiles, I can't believe, he says to them, I can't believe you turned back to works when you understood faith. He might be saying that to us today. You believe God and you've seen things. You believe God and you've seen things that you can't explain. You believe God and you've seen some miracles. But then you leave that and you go back to trying to be a better person again. Just believe and obey me and you'll, you'll change. You'll grow. And then he says in verse 6 and 7, just as Abraham, that's the Old Testament Abraham, that's the Jewish Abraham, right? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It, that's spoken in Romans chapter 4. That's spoken in Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15. Isn't it interesting how much works is in the Old Testament? And all along, it was established that everyone would be counted as righteous through belief, not by keeping all the laws. The laws were given to us to keep people kind of buried in, in their, with their flesh running amok, but also to show us that we can't keep the law and we really need a Savior. And so Abraham, the father of a great nation, it comes along and it was promised to him that through him all the nations of the world would be blessed. And God's word says, as Abraham, as so are we. As Abraham experienced, so we experience. Abraham believed God and it was counted. That's an accounting term, literally counted, it was marked to him as paid in full. It was counted to him as righteousness. We do not 
have the declaration made over us that we are righteous, we are justified, we are okay with God through works. None of us, it's, no one has ever got good enough to be right with God. No one has ever been religious enough to be right with God. No one has ever gone to church enough to be right with God. No one. It's impossible. It doesn't happen. But belief, we believe in him. We believe in what God has done for us through Jesus on the cross, and God declares us right with him, justified as if we've never sinned. Verse 7, know then, know then. Understand this, he's saying to us. Let this sink in. Know this. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. You didn't know you were a Jew, did you? We're Jews. We Gentiles are Jews in this regard. We are God's people. We're God's people. Because of our belief, his hand is on us. Because you believe in God, his hand is on you. You are right with God. You are his child. You are his royal chosen folks. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted him as righteous, you believed in God. You believed in what Jesus did for us on the cross. You believed in the blood atonement. You believed in the gift of his love and you ask for his forgiveness by faith, you are right with God. You are justified. You are just like Abraham. You're just like Moses. You're just like Elijah. You're just like Boaz. You're just like Daniel. You're just like Elisha and, and, and Isaiah and Nahum. You're just, you're just like John the Baptist. John the Baptist didn't have nothing on you, just a different assignment. John the Baptist believed in Christ. He believed in God. He placed his trust in him, and he had a purpose for God to make straight the way of the Lord. You're just like John the Baptist. When you go to work tomorrow, said, how's your weekend? He said, just like John the Baptist. Uh, we probably need to call the psychologist on old Fred here. He's lost his mind. But isn't that what it says we need to know? That's what belief has done for us. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Same gospel. You see, Abraham wasn't saved because of what he did or didn't do. Abraham was saved because of belief. Because of belief. Did he fail? Yep. Did he struggle? Yep. He and Sarah sure struggled. They began to doubt the promise, didn't And she said, hey, Abe, we've been waiting for this child a long time. Have you noticed, Hagar? She probably can have a kid. They struggle just like we do. But in God's eyes, they were counted as righteous because of their belief, just like us when we have believed. 
Verse 8 in the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, verse 9, so then, he said, understand this. Let's, let's put this in the right order. Let's get tickety-boo with this. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. You didn't know how good you got it, did you? You probably had some struggles this week that made you question the Lord. You probably had some struggles that question, makes you question your faith, perhaps. You probably have had some struggles this week that make you wonder where you're at with God and all these things. Return by faith. Repent by faith. Return to the way of the Lord by faith. It's through faith. Not doing better, not going to more Bible studies. Those are all results of belief. Man, so leave with this. Through faith in what Jesus has done for you on the cross, you are right with God. It has been accounted to you as righteous. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. It doesn't matter if they've called you a hypocrite. It doesn't matter if they've called you, a, you know, the worst person in the world or they've pigeonholed you in some category of a hypocrite or something like that. doesn't matter. If you believe in what God provided for you on the cross, you are one of his children, and you are absolutely right with God. You are justified. It's as if you've never been wrong with God. Don't go back to works. Don't go back to religion. Don't, don't go back to doing better. Don't go back to doing more. No. The miracles come through hearing and believing. That's the word of the Lord. And you know what? It's important if it's true. I believe it's true. I hope you do as well. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for these words of Scripture that point us back to faith, point us away from human effort, and through believing what you have done for us. Your effort is all that matters, Lord. Our effort is as dirty rags, as you have said in your word. May we move forward hearing you and believing in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, please come forward.